0: A spotlight on Yellowdig instructors. In today's episode, we'll be chatting with Nick Duran of Arizona State University.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Brian Verdine, Yellowdig's head of customer success. I'm here with uh, Samuel Campa, who is a customer success specialist here at Yellowdig. And uh, we're joined today by Nick Duran. Uh, who is an assistant professor in the School of Social and Behavioral Sciences at Arizona State University. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Nick.
2: Definitely. Thanks for having me here.
1: So uh, I saw you had your PhD in cognitive psychology from the University of Memphis. Uh, Really happy to be on with a fellow psychology PhD. Yeah. Um, I I guess I was hoping we could start out with you just uh, introducing yourself a little bit and, and telling everybody about yourself.
2: Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm an assistant professor here at ASU. My research, it's primarily cognitive, um, a bit of data science, data analytics. And I'm interested in how cognitive processes are revealed in uh, movement and language over time in individuals. And a lot of my recent work is with uh, dyads and groups. And so some of the topics i study are like deception and perspective taking collaborative problem solving um so pretty uh, it's a pretty uh hodgepodge uh, uh eclectic mix of stuff that i'm into
1: very very interesting a lot of those are things that we are hoping are happening in yellow dig so that's right uh that's probably a very good perspective uh to, to have you on here um I guess the the first question that I would be curious about is whether you can tell us, you know, one of the primary reasons that you started using Yellowdig. What really attracted you to the platform, or, or you know, what got you going?
2: Right. Well, it was honestly the what really attracted me at the very onset was that when I tried to use anything comparable, so, uh, well, like the built-in message boards that. Uh, that are in Blackboard or in Canvas. Uh, tr- I tried using a Facebook type newsfeed or group, and they just—they were all terrible. <laughs> None of them worked, <laughs> and they—they—it they, was just a huge hassle. And, um, and I pretty much just given up doing group discussion online until I came across Yellowdig. And I don't remember when I—I I, I, it was several years back that I came across it. Um, I think I was one of the early adopters at ASU. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I, but I, at least in my department or my group here, I'm, I was one of the first and I, I, yeah, I, I just, I loved it. I integrated it immediately in all of my classes, uh, because it, it offered, it really let me put this part, this, this component of the class on cruise control where, where it wasn't something that I had to stress about. It wasn't something that the students had to stress about. It was a low impact type of assignment, but it did exactly what I wanted, which was to get people to engage each other. Um, and that's difficult because I primarily teach these online classes, right? So we don't ever meet face to face. And so people feel disconnected from one another. And so this was a great way of just engendering community. Um and yeah, and, and it's worked out since. I mean, that's I think that's exactly what's happened um, or continues to happen class after class. Great,
1: great, great to hear. Yeah. Um, I guess w- one thing that would be interesting uh, to hear based on, you know, sort of your experiences of, of having it happen, as you said, class after class, um, you know, what is the general student population that you've been really using it with? Are, are there different groups that you've seen over time that, Uh, get more or less out of it or, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about
2: the, you know, sort of typical student that you're teaching? Sure, sure. So I integrated at my, at the undergrad and grad courses that I teach. And so for the undergrads, these are students from all over the United States and some international students as well. So they come from all over. Uh, the students tend to be a little bit older, non-traditional, and and um, yeah. So I mean, so that that again, this this need to figure out a way to connect people um, within this this population uh, is challenging. Now, at the and so so okay. So with that said, how I use it primarily with that group. Is that I'm fairly—I mean, do I hate to admit—but I'm fairly hands off. Um, I set up a general topic of discussion or a thought question for each week, and then I just let students have at it. And I, you know, they—they they have you know the x amount of points, twelve or fifteen points, It usually equates to three or four posts um, a week, where they just find material that relates to whatever the topic is, post it, and give a little little you know response to it there are thoughts on it and and, uh, and I just and I, I'm more of a passive observer in, in that in that sphere in that context. Uh, with the grad students which tend to be uh, a smaller group so uh, my online classes can get up to like 150 200 my, my grad level the largest I've taught online is about 20 25 students. And in those classes, I get I get much more involved in the interaction uh, that goes on in Yellow Dick. So comedy more frequently on uh, on the students posts. And I, I, I treat that as more um, of a kind of a yardstick of whether people are getting it or not. Whereas I'm less concerned with that in the undergrad. Um, right. Undergrads more yeah. for like, just community building.
1: Right, so so in graduate classes, you you feel like you're using it, uh, you're participating a little bit more in order to sort of suss out what they know and understand. Uh, that's exactly that, that right?
2: That's exactly right. Right. Okay. That's exactly right, and it's and it's great because you can you know suss that out in real time, you know, you, um, rather than you know getting an assignment from them when they've had to uh, you know at the end of whatever that session is or that that topic we've been discussing i can in real in real time you know as as they're trying to they're preparing for whatever essay or whatever big assignment it's at the end you can see their development within yellowdig Dick, their thinking you know as they mm-hmm. as they go through the materials it becomes when they you know are first introduced to it as they're str- struggling with it but all that plays out on yellowdig and uh and then you can give immediate intervention. You know, if somebody's like really off track um you know, way out in left field, you can you can you can corral them back in. And um uh, yeah, so yellow, like super useful for that.
0: So uh Sam Kampa here. Um so I'd actually like to um and I'll come in every now and then with some questions about uh, your case study, which will be accompanying the podcast. Um, So to give the listeners some context, this is not our first time meeting. Uh, We chatted a little bit, and that became the basis of um, a case study, which will be accompanying this podcast, where we dive in a bit more depth um, into instructors' data, um, success data, and the the point settings that went into it. And uh, along with interesting use cases. So I think one interesting way that you use Yellowdig is you mentioned that uh, you use Yellowdig to identify promising undergraduates for your lab. So I was wondering if you'd say a bit more about that process, um, specifically what you look for in terms of content and activity. So, you know, what do you see as, as marking um, a high quality post and um, do your quality metrics differ in Yellowdig as opposed to, say, your traditional uh, LMS discussion experience?
2: Right. That's great. Yeah. Well, with the yellow dig in the undergrad courses, you can get a, a real good sense of the scientific literacy of the students. So they have free reign to select the material that they want to post and talk about. And so you know, a good subset of students will just find stuff that's uh, stuff. That's, you know, kind of pop psych, you know, kind of these, uh, or maybe, uh, maybe, uh, uh, a kind of watered down version of, of kind of a science scientific uh, publishing or something. Whereas other students will they'll actually go and find the original source of the article um, and 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 post peer reviewed stuff that and then comment on that. And so you can and 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 from there, you, one that's one filter. It's that they know how to they know how to search out uh, uh, quality. Uh, peer-reviewed uh, scientific findings uh, so not stuff that's just been kind of regurgitated or for like a pop you know wide audience right. and and so there's that but then but then also again the, the the insights they're able to to glean the summaries that they're able to generate is a um, is a, it's very clear you know when when you you have students that get it. And then the third is that students that post above and beyond what the weekly requirement is. So you have some students that just, they, they love to share what they're finding, these new insights, and they love to share it and um, they interact with others well. And so what, for like a lab, when I want to recruit people for my lab, that's exactly what I want. People with high scientific literacy, I want people that get along well with the others and know how to communicate well, um, they can have original insights and and demonstrate that and again so yellow digs a nice filter so at the end of the semester i'll go through yellow day and i also go through you know what what grade they got in the class and how they performed on other components in the course and i'll reach out directly to these students i've gotten my best ones um, that have that have worked in my lab and done really good stuff so um that's been invaluable in that regard
0: so you've reliably picked out the super nerds that's great yeah
2: (laughs) yeah that's right
0: so, the
1: super nerds with social skills. <laughs> there we go. That's
0: that's a particularly rare breed, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, yeah, guys could automatically interesting... detect them for me, though. That would be great. Some nerd, <laughs> yes. nerd alert. that be...
0: That's that's uh, that's V two for yeah. yellow dig. Uh,
2: application for yellow deep
1: learning.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Um Yeah, I think that's a really interesting use case um in terms of seeing you know, how the, what people are posting and talking about, um, you know, being a really good indicator. I'm curious, you know, one thing that we get asked about a lot, um, you know, in terms of people uh, seeing students participating in Yellow Day, we get a lot of questions about whether uh, we think that Yellowdig really, you know, helps drive better quality posting, and right. whether we've tried to measure that, um, and you know, it's a hard thing for us to measure. And if we measured it, I don't think too many people would, sort of, uh, you know, believe the outcomes that we might publish off of it or whatever. Um, but I'm I'm curious if you, if you would be able to speak a little bit to you know how you think quality compares uh, to other types of technology you've used versus Yellowdig
2: yeah well there's a couple of things um early on using Yellowdig, i i did not i didn't i was i wasn't very discriminant I, as long as they hit you know forty words or whatever the limit was and uh they posted something it was good enough and then i realized quickly that there was there was um there is was a correction that was needed. You know, there was some, some gentle guidance because there's uh, the quality did, did suffer for, you know, a subset of them. Um, yeah. just, just you could just tell that this was a last minute rush job. Um, uh, right. that's just for a subset of them. That's not all of them, but that was, that was really kind of evident early on. And I, I work with course assistants. And so this is another nice thing about yellow dig is that I, it gives something for the course assistants to do, uh, when they're not just like grading essays, which is like a, you know, they, they, they they kind of sit around for the week, waiting for the essays to come in and then grade them. But this actually engages the course assistants throughout the, um, the full, um, period of the modules. We call them modules, right? The learning modules. And, and, uh, so yeah, but the course assistants now are much better at, um, uh, uh, Correcting students, you know, in the comments of like, hey, you know this is great, or redirecting them. And I just recently, or one CA started recently, taking away points, which I didn't know you could do, but apparently she's been using it to some effect and uh, good effect. Um, so I, I think that that that's that's you know I mean you get people that are going to abuse it, of course, um, but. It's a small subset and it can be, and it can be dealt with. You, there, there's correction that can be done. Right. Um, uh, yeah. so I'm, not, I'm not terribly worried about the quality. And like I said before, like that's one of the perks of yellow dig is that students don't have to like stress about having to get everything just perfect. and Everything's grammatical. You know, uh, <laughs> students do struggle with that, um, that things are APA cited. that things are, you know, they don't have to, they can, they can, they can loosen up a little. And, and, and I'm, yeah, so I'm, I, I like that. I like that. So I'm not, I'm not too much of a stickler of, of trying to force them into, um, into anything that would, um, you know, they would have to get like paranoid that I'm going to mark them down or they're going to lose points for.
1: Sure. Yeah. That, I mean, that's um, an interesting, you know, sort of insight, I guess. I, I think one of the ways that we talk about quality or or think about quality um, is the concept that, you know, in any conversation, if you're if you're really talking to somebody, you're not necessarily sitting there the entire time judging whether absolutely everything they say is, you know, accurate grammatically correct and sort of deserving of a grade if you're really sort of going back and forth and struggling with ideas and and thinking through things so yes. Um,
2: exactly yes it gives a lot of freedom to say something that's wrong right. that's okay. right.
0: yeah. Absolutely. And,
2: and, and i actually want to encourage more of that you know i find that students they don't i mean they they will self-censor or they'll They'll, they'll they'll just not contribute if because their concern is being wrong and being judged and um, or losing points. You know everything's about trying to get it yeah. in. Yeah. But in this environment, right? That's exactly right. They can be wrong without these huge consequences, and it's okay to explore ideas and to, um, you know, the, the limits of these ideas. So that's yeah, it's very that yeah, that's very useful
0: great. So yeah, um I'd actually like to talk a little bit about your uh network analysis that we did in the um right. in your case study, because we look for excuses to create cool looking graphs <laughs> um <laughs> that we can give numbers like eigenvector centrality values. Um so without getting into uh those weeds, um, this kind of gets back to um discussion about the, the role of the TAs in the course. So um, the TAs, uh, you kind of divided your labor um, with the TAs. So TAs were more likely to comment on students' posts, um, whereas you provided student uh, a post for students to comment on. Uh, this is at least in your most recent uh, cognitive science course for undergraduates. So I was wondering if you could say generally just a bit more about the the dynamic of the class, uh, particularly the social dynamic of the class. So one thing. Uh, About your graph that was interesting is it showed a really high uh, network density or um, proportion of possible connections to actual connections. So the average community member was connected to about 30 other community members um, in a community that was uh, 130 to 140 students, um, which is winds up being uh, pretty high. Um, That's a lot of connections. Uh, so I was wondering if you felt that uh, students were more connected in this experience or connected differently than in other platforms, um, or whether you felt that, you know, there was a there was a personal touch to some of these um, conversations, which, which can get uh, very abstract, you know, bringing in peer-reviewed studies and talking about them. Um, what, what was right. your general sense about student connections?
2: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I, so I use other – there's other – like third-party software platforms that I use that I integrate in my class that um, are meant to kind of encourage peer interaction. Like for example, mm-hmm. there's something called Peerceptive where it's 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 a, it's a platform for doing peer review. So, um, and students can, can interact with one another because they're grading each other's papers. And right. That type of thing. And and students generally hate that. <laughs> I have to admit, have to admit uh, they don't they don't particularly like it. And so um, I've given up any pretense that that's actually like encouraging um, connection or community. Uh, but yeah, so so yelling is again the only only platform that I have used and experimented with where students uh, will they know each other by name they'll refer to each other by name and and i see that like some students will seek out the post of some of the top performing students you know ones that, that post really good stuff um i get emails like outside of yellow dig of students asking me uh th- they want me to personally comment because i i don't do a lot of commenting as you said i uh, right yep. I, I i mostly put up things for them to comment on but they'll you know reach out to me and want to know more about um, particular topics that had come up in the discussion. Um, I get CA's, my course assistants. That'll, they'll tell me when something really seemed to like hit a nerve, strike a nerve. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of, it's, 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 it's exciting and interesting to be uh, kind of more of an observer of what's going on, letting things kind of dynamically or like things, let things emerge without me interfering too much. Um. Cause I, I, you know, I, I, I interfere with them <laughs> quite a bit in other components <laughs> with, their, with their essays, you know, with the feedback that I give there. And this is just where I can, they know I'm present. They know that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm reading through things without, um, without, yeah, interfering too much with what might organically kind of emerge. And, um, yeah, it's. I like that. I like that. A lot. And then in my, and I, and in my evals, right. The teaching evals I get at the end of the semester students inevitably uh, mentioned yellow dig and how they liked this component of, of the community of a forming community through this way um, that they had, you know, these, they they saw things in ways they had, hadn't thought about before Um yeah. So, so
0: yeah, that's, that's helpful. I mean, and for what it's worth um, we are quite comfortable with the, the fly on the wall approach to managing yellow day communities. I think it's safe to say the, the worst results often come from instructors who try to acquire too much control over the mm-hmm. community rather than letting it grow organically. Some of our best results come from instructors who pop in every now and then do more reading than they do producing content. Um, I mean, we can see even from your network graph. You know, you you're kind of on the the periphery, and it's not as if students are just all isolates th- floating in the ether. Um, they're connecting to each other. They're finding each other. You don't have to force them to to find each other. And um, as you've noted, they're they're producing good but stuff.
2: That, that's that's good to hear. Like, like, I mean, that's what I suspect. But uh, you know, because you're looking at the network graphs, you can see these nodes and these links and. Um, yeah, that's really that's really cool to hear. I mean that that you can you quantified it.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we actually had um, a, a guest webinar recently from Fort Hays State University. Uh, they did some you know research on how professors should be interacting, and you know the, the long story short, I would say is probably we we would usually recommend that the professor sort of interact um, as just another member of the community and Mm -hmm. not more or less than any of the other members. Um, but certainly as Sam said, I, I think we're pretty clear that too Mm -hmm. much and sort of ruling over the, the situation tends to drive down what students are willing to do, you know, uh, in terms of posting sort of on their own. Um, and that it definitely works, uh, especially as long as students still know that you're there, uh, every Mm -hmm. once in a while and still paying a little bit of attention. Um, if you kind of just, um, stay to the side a little bit more. Um,
2: Great. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I do, I I do, uh, wish that I, (laughs) um, I had the time to engage more. Right. And, um, but one thing I have done recently is that I, I send an update each week about you know what's going on in the class, and I will highlight certain conversations in Yellowdig, maybe one or two in the in the, the emails that I send out um, uh, to the class again to, as you said, to let them know that like people are watching and listening. I'm watching um, and reading through what's going on, and and um, you know, listening to the CAs about what they're seeing and 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 uh it's so far so good I it, yeah I think that's I think it's appreciated and and, and I like it because again it saves me like I don't have a ton of time so this is what another I mean, I nice thing I really did.
1: yeah and and I think a common sort of uh response is, is, is what you're suggesting, which is, you know, you can have a lot of different impacts in different areas of the course where you are the center of attention. And I, th- I think one thing that we do hear, you know, students liking is the ability to struggle with these ideas on their own and and, and talk things out and, and um, don't necessarily always need the professor to be there for that part of it. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Going along with one um, additional piece of that is is you know, as you're thinking about how you've used Yellow Day, uh, is there a piece of advice that you feel like you would give um, to any of our other users about it trying it out for the first time or or maybe sort of improving upon their their own um, applications? It certainly sounds like you've tried a couple of different modes and, and used it with a couple of different classes.
2: Yeah, um, that's right. We a lot of it depends on the size of the class and uh, whether it's a you know a hybrid class where you're meeting face to face and you have components online. Um, but for my use, which is these large online courses, uh, don't be afraid to make it one of the main components. Uh, students will they they gravitate. They they know what they're they are they are experienced in these kind of environments these kind of uh, you know, social media environments um, so trust that they'll they'll get it and also the documentation and the help with Yellowdig is great you know the technical help um, so so there's that um, this to resist the tendency the you know the urge to to kind of jump in and control just let things emerge and let, and let students work out ideas and make mistakes and all that, as we discussed. Um, Oh, and what I've also found really useful are they, are the topics where you can specify, uh, particular topics and in order to post, they have to select from, you know, the, these topics that you've set up. So that way you can, you can, it's a way to organize it, organizing the discussion as well. So, um, I don't do so much of this, but if I wanted to say, uh, we're talking about color vision or something, I could create a topic, you know, color vision and, and ask students, you know, all the posts, you know, need to be around that particular topic. And, and then when I go and uh, evaluate, you know, I could, I can just pull up that particular topic and everything's filtered, um, accordingly. Cause, because, um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of content that gets generated from the students.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, as, especially with some of the larger classes. Um, you know, one of the things that we have tried to focus on is is finding filters and and topic tags and, and ways to organize um, you know some of that sort of stream of information because we see with our sort of single scrolling feed. Um, students like having one place that they go to, to find everything. Um, but those sort of organizational markers can really help them, um, you know, control that chaos or, or whatever you might say.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and what's also nice. Yeah. There's like a topic where you don't want them. You're not going to award points. You can, you can turn off that option as well. Um, uh, yes, there's a lot of yeah. So that that helps really control, as you said, like the stream and um, of content that's coming through, and and how to filter and organize it all.
0: Right. So you uh, you mentioned um, in your advice that it's a good idea to give you know a decent amount of points to allocate, dig allocate a certain amount of points in um, the final grade. Um, you've also noted uh, elsewhere that. Um, you make yellow dig one of the least demanding parts of your class. Uh, right. now I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think I speak for Brian when I say that as well, but I'm curious as to why you think that's a good idea. So you're allocating a significant number of points to yellow dig, but at the same time, it's not one of the most demanding parts of your course.
2: Right, right. Well, there's a couple of reasons it makes the demand, the parts that are demanding. I can really ratchet up what's required there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because
2: Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm giving them a little bit of uh you know, a little bit of candy, something sweet. <laughs> yep. And, and, uh, but they have to, you know, eat their vegetables. And so I, I feel a little bit more comfortable then of uh, making, uh, the, you know, those demands. Right. Um, uh, so th- there's that, um, I also like found like, I have to make it worth, you know, or the ability to accumulate points because they, they won't. I, I don't know. I haven't actually experimented with this. This is just my like intuition is I don't think they'd use it as much or they wouldn't be as serious about it or as consistent with it. Yeah. Um, so this kind of keeps them, it forces them to log in and, and it will keep coming back to, to it. Right. And, and that's the only way they're going to be able to have these interesting discussions and, and see different people's points of view. Um, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I'm totally in agreement. Um, I mean, seeing Yellowdig, I think, more as a participation tool than an assessment tool is is one drum that we we kind of keep beating on here because um, I think instructors tend to, you know, want to see it as just another way of assessing. But if you think of it more like a participation grade, you know, you're going to have that that 10 or 20 percent that's a buffer anyway. Uh, and yeah. once you've got that buffer, you can really challenge them on papers, on exams, Um, so yeah, thinking of it being more on the participation end of the spectrum is, is I think I you know, certain instructors do, I think a lot don't, and and I think it's a good idea to to think more in that direction.
2: Right. And I mean, I, I'm definitely on the participant side of things. And yeah. but I could see where you could use it for a more rigorous assessment for sure. Um it's just that's just, I just have chosen to uh, you know, put put that elsewhere.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that the assessment piece there's certainly you know reasons that you can um, you know try to accomplish that in dig. and then there are different ways that you could execute it, and we've seen people do that. I think the you know the the place where that strategy falls down a little bit is you know whether students are then going to see it as a place where they can really engage with each other, have real discussions, really um, you know talk back and forth, and I think that's the one danger and depending on how you envision Yellow Digging your course, as long as your expectations are, are set accordingly, you know, what you get out, maybe that's okay. Um, but certainly we feel like part of what our software is trying to really accomplish is, is to get students interacting and, you know, with right. the network graph that accompanies your case study to really get that so that everybody is, is really connected and talking to each other. Um, and that tends to happen a lot less when, when students are being assessed and they feel like they're sort of talking to the professor or responding to the professor.
2: And That's it, it, absolutely right. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think the point about, uh, you know, allowing students to offer the wrong answer is an important one. Uh, cause that's exactly the sort of thing that you can't do on an exam, but that you can do in a conversation where you're, you're trying out ideas or you're trying to get, you know, someone's take on a question. Um, and that's where I, I really like to encourage stu- uh, instructors to think about what they would do in a class discussion. So if, uh, you know, johnny samantha you know gets a a a wrong answer they offer a wrong answer they raise their hand you don't deduct their participation points for the rest of the day uh that would just be that would be brutal um you know that's that's kind of their time to test things out and i I like to think of Yellowdig's the same way it's it's a testing ground um and so the content certainly matters um but yeah, yeah thinking of it like participation really is helpful
2: yeah, no, you're you're right, and that just made me think. You know, with these these online students, there's a good number of them that are very introverted, and they don't feel comfortable being in a face to face classroom. Absolutely, and they're the ones that never ask questions, and because they're they're shy or they're they're nervous. But in this this environment, they can they can they have free reign. <laughs> they they feel much more you know entitled or or emboldened to. To express their opinion.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. One thing, I th- you know, you you just said about you know, feeling free to ask questions. I think one thing, one of our favorite use cases of Yellowdig is is you know allowing students to get points for asking good questions. Basically, you know, it's it's perfectly fine to go into Yellowdig and and ask a question and get points for that. Because if you think about a sort of building a learning community, you want students to be able to ask good questions and then other students to be able to come along and get points for answering those questions. And especially because there are going to be those students that don't ask the question even though they might need to, right? Every question that gets asked in a class, there's probably 10 other students that wanted to ask the same thing that were just too shy or afraid of looking, you know, stupid
0: or something like that. that's right. Yeah. And the point about shy students, uh, I mean, that was always when I was an instructor and Brian was as well, um, it was always difficult to get people talking. Um, Surprise, surprise. People didn't want to offer their opinions on Kant because it was probably wrong. Uh, But for whatever reason, uh, you know, maybe it's this generation being more comfortable online, but um, students, you know, they try things out and give wrong answers and might be more willing to do that, you know, in an online environment than in person. Um, which is right. just, it's, it's an interesting dynamic.
2: Yeah. And, and another thing that I, I, when we last spoke, you, you mentioned, um, you know, one of the techniques or strategies to encourage good questions or reward people for good questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is to, you know, give, give the instructor a badge and, uh, which, which gives them, you know, an additional, like kind of bonus point. Right. And I need it like. After we talked, I was like, "I really need to do that. Like, that's the way that I can be more involved without being seen as being punitive or or being mm-hmm. intrusive." Yeah. Is to is to go in there and yeah, really reward those folks that are asking um, questions that are meant that are that are you know intended to get a discussion going. Um, so, right. so yeah, that's. I'm gonna I'm gonna start exploring with that. Yeah, I'm trying to find ways to improve as well. Because there's so many things in Yellowdig I don't take advantage of, um, uh, that I need to start. I need to start looking into. Yeah, the,
1: the badge is an interesting sort of feature um, in the platform, and and sort of the new the new version Engage is even more configurable than than you know the version um, the classic version that you've been using. Uh, one thing that, you know, we, we, we try to get a handle on is how people are using the badge because, you know, we can see how many badges are used in a specific class, but we never really are quite sure why people are giving those badges. Um, but it sounds like that's not a feature that you've used at all, right?
2: Not really. No, no.
1: Yeah. I mean, typically we've recommended sort of using it for, I don't know, one to 10% of the posts. Yeah. uh as as sort of that reward, that extra, you know, recognition. Um, but that's something that we're definitely, uh, you know, trying to understand uh, as a customer success team. Try to understand really the the best recommendations we can make for that. I, I think the one thing that we can clearly see is uh, you probably shouldn't badge everything, and we do see some people doing that as just sort of a recognition, like "oh, I read your post," but. Um, it sort of loses the impact of, you know, this is a good post, right?
2: Right. So. It, and you also, like, and also what is the advantage of having students um, uh, upvote or, or give points to each other? It, yeah, uh, that's a really good
1: question. The Everything that we can see from our data is, uh, It's first of all, it's a big effect if you give points for upvotes. Um, And there's a couple of reasons that we think that that's happening, sort of causal mechanisms behind that. Uh, First of all, you can't get those points unless you come in and try to start a discussion. So the people that are getting those points are actually the ones that are coming in earlier in the week, posting when Mm -hmm. there's still time to have a back-and-forth discussion because... They know by posting something that gets upvotes, they're going to you know get additional points throughout the week. So it actually fends off procrastination and it actually gets them, I think, to focus more on sort of the quality of what they're posting and trying to actually engage other students, asking good questions in their posts and things like that. So those are the two things that we think are really sort of the causal mechanism. And then maybe there's this third one that we're thinking about a lot more um, which is just, honestly, it's really fun and it's nice when other people sort of say, Hey, I liked this. Yeah, um, right. so it also has a sort of impact on the people posting that's just that, that probably is just a, Oh, you know, that's nice. We like each other. Right. And, and, it, and whatever the case may be, if you give points for that, people, you know, are made more likely to give them out and sort of give that. Um, you know, I'm helping you get your grade. Uh, We feel better about each other and we actually then sort of talk as a community a little bit
2: more. Right, right. Yeah. I think that's the act. Yeah. Like catalyst to these things that you want to see in terms of the uh, collaboration and, and, and conversation. Yeah.
0: And it's an incentive, I think, to work less by working better. Uh, and what I mean by that is. If you're accruing upvotes, you're writing less than you would if you weren't accruing them. But in order to get those upvotes, you have to produce decent content. So, I mean, you noted some students just aren't, you know, posting good content. Um, and, you know, that, that becomes difficult if you're dealing with in an environment where, you know, people aren't being graded uh, on the basis of their content. So if you're allowing the point system to kind of do its work, that's one way to, Basically, introduce a, an informal impact factor. You know, what are those posts that get upvoted? They're the ones that get read. What are the things that get read? Right. Um, those things that are you know deemed to be of, of better quality, and that's kind of what an impact factor is a proxy for, and that's what upvotes are a proxy for. That's one way we like to think about it.
1: Yeah, and and there's actually you know a study that uh, that uh, those researchers at Fort Hayes State had had done on on our. Uh, a platform before, and the actually the most predictive uh, factor in in you know predicting student grades um, is how much they upvote other things and. Huh. Uh, The the really, you know, so it's not getting upvotes yourself, which you would think would be, you know, those students that are writing really quality stuff are getting a lot of upvotes. They're probably the students that are doing better in the class because they're learning more by making those good posts. In in fact, it's the opposite. And there's a couple of reasons that we that they posited that that was happening. The biggest one is you don't upvote something unless you've read it. Um, And you think it's good, right? Most students are upvoting things that they're actually consuming, right? So the students that are giving out more upvotes are also the students that are reading more and being thoughtful about sort of the quality of those posts. Um, And the other thing that's probably happening too is, you know, those upvotes are focusing students on spending their time reading the stuff that is really good. Um, You know, the, the the quality content on the board itself.
2: Yeah. And then going back to my my one use of Yellowdig is filtering to find students that are exceptional. Uh, this is one way of of uh allowing um uh, the group to identify them for me.
0: Right. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So 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 that's that's very and and yeah, that that makes a ton of sense that it's the students that are engaged and that and that and that's a great indicator engagement of engagement uh is is uh, that It's not in the diversity, I would imagine, of the people that they're um, upvoting. You know, So one concern, right, is that like two friends are going to strategically just upvote each other's posts back and forth.
0: Right. And so you
2: have like, uh, do you see that as a problem or is that ever happening? Uh,
1: we've looked at the correlation between giving out upvotes and receiving them. It's always very low. Um, One of the other things that, you know, I kind of point out to a lot of people that worry about this is, you know, one of the reasons that a lot of people are implementing Yellowdig in their courses is because they feel like their students aren't already connected enough. Right. So that kind of collusion is unlikely to happen (laughs) if there aren't already connections (laughs) between these students. Um, And, you know, the other thing I think that is just there and is a fact of life is that these students are you know, somewhat competitive, their grades are definitely um, sort of relative to other students in their classes or classes in general. And they're not going to hand out a free grade to another student that isn't really deserving in most. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, And the other thing, which I think a lot of people just don't think about is you know, if I'm a student in the class and my professor sees me upvoting content that is really trash, um, then it reflects poorly on me as a student. Right. They'll think less of me uh, for upvoting that stuff. So uh, we that's not something that we really ever see. And it doesn't mean it's never happened, but it's certainly not something that has ever been reported to us at, at any you know, as any consistent problem.
2: Right. Uh, Yeah. Like I I personally don't see it as something that would be a, uh, you know, a systemic problem uh, for the the reasons you just laid out. Absolutely. um, Well,
1: uh, Nick, I know that we're kind of running into the end of the time that you had available. So I I wanted to give you sort of the last word, if there's anything else you wanted to add. And and, um,
2: if not, we'll wrap up and say
1: um, thanks to the audience for
2: listening. Well sure. Yeah, no. Um, well I'm well well, hey, I just want to say I'm appreciative of Yellow Dig. I'm glad that I was a I, I found it. I was able to integrate it. And uh, I think that if it ever went away, my I would it would be it would make my life extremely difficult. <laughs> I wouldn't know what that. to replace it with. So yeah. Great. Well, uh thank So you. good job, guys. Keep up the good work. Okay, thank you, That's, Nick.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. We really appreciate your time.